You're listening to Trake Baby. It's a podcast about hope, inspiration, and action for the Trake Baby community. This is episode 13 for April 18th, 2021. Mina's story. You know, we're in for a story of inspiration today. Today we're talking with Sina from South Carolina. She's originally from uh, Spain, and then she moved to Germany, and then she's moved to the States. We're going to talk about her daughter, Mina. Mina has a craniofacial disorder caused by Cruzon's syndrome. Mina was traked at three years old, and now she's five. After listening to today's story, you'll realize Mina is your typical five-year-old who doesn't let her differences keep her from being the bubbly, outgoing child she is. Here's her story. Yeah, we're pretty uh, international. My husband is American. I'm German, and Nina is uh, everything, um, even with a little bit of Italian background. And um, she was born in Spain. Um, yeah, we wanted to have a child, and I got pregnant. Um, nothing really too exciting doing pregnancy. Everything was fine. We were told just to relax. going to be perfect. Um, and Nina was born full term. Uh, almost nine pound baby. And yeah, shortly after birth, uh, we could see that, um, things were not as normal as we thought they would be. Um, she had a pretty odd head shape. Uh, they couldn't, um, clear her sinuses. So they uh, found that she has a, a coronal atresia. That's when, um, the, the airway from nose down to throat is blocked with bones or cartilage or both. Nina had um, bone uh, structure there and blockage, so she couldn't breathe too good. Um, she learned quickly, though, to breathe through her mouth, um, but it didn't last long. She was in intensive care uh, in a NICU first and in a PQ right from the beginning. She couldn't drink on a bottle without aspiration, um, so they did a couple more scans of her head because... They suspected a craniofacial uh, disorder pretty much right from the beginning, but they couldn't really point a finger yet what it was. So we talked to nurse surgery. We talked to ENT. She had those uh, horseshoe kind of tubes in her nose to open up her kawana. Um, that helped. She had those, I think, like almost four months. Yeah, the entire time. But... She, right from the beginning, always had breathing issue, and nurse she said, no, it's not head-related. Um, they just did a bunch of um, airway observations and couldn't really find anything wrong with her anatomy and couldn't explain why she couldn't breathe. Um, she was on BPAP, CPAP, all sorts of masks, um, continued to escalate, couldn't eat, uh, feeding tube was placed, um, and she just had those um, pneumonias, infections, and kept aspirating. Couldn't, yeah, couldn't really get over the hump. Um, I was kind of done with them already in Spain. They didn't didn't really convince us uh, to have the the confidence. I was looking into Germany and to other hospitals to get her out of Spain because the care was just not um, not there uh, for a complex child like uh, Mina. By then, she was like maybe five, six months. We had already her um, genetic uh, testing uh, saying that she has Cousin syndrome. We, um, she had a shunt placed by nurse surgery, and it helped a little bit, but 
Yeah, so the breeding issues just continued. She had a, a really bad tre- uh, streeter breeding the, when, like, when she was breeding in and out with this uh, high pitched noise. Um, we got finally uh, convinced, finally, that the nurse surgeons in Spain to do a um, head expansion, and that um, just to give her a little bit more space was a um, very, very long surgery, 10, 12 hours. We had no idea what they were doing, if they were any good. <laughs> um, they my didn't head expansion. Huh? I just said, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was just crazy, and I was like, had to learn Spanish to communicate with those doctors there, and uh, it was just a, a nightmare. And uh, not once did they, they knew that my husband was American. They knew that I was um, German. And, you know, mistakes happen in every country. You know, they're just humans. But not to suggest to say reach out to other hospitals. There's some really great in Europe and uh, Paris and, and Rome for, that specialize in children like Nina, complex children you know and they didn't know they just thought they can do it um so i finally got her to a point where we could uh could take her out of the hospital they set the house up with uh liquid oxygen tanks and suction machines and feeding and everything pretty much almost like 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 a hospice care they didn't really care anymore um if she's going to make it or not, they wouldn't, neurosurgeons were done with her. Um, they did a head extension, which we found out later was not done very well. Um, and we had her home. And um, yeah, then I started to take her off the feeding tube and started to uh, feed her Ollie, which I don't know, was, was not working out that great, but she was um, maintaining herself and the feeding tube she had was uh, all botched up too, so I really needed to get that feeding tube out. It wasn't even a real feeding tube, but it was like a Foley tube, and it was just it was just awful. The entire care there was just a nightmare. Um, so we moved um, back to Germany after the Charité came back to us and said they can see her uh, in Italy, they can uh, take care of her, and with me being German, it wasn't that big of a deal to get insurance and everything covered in Germany. Um so we flew Mina to Germany after a couple months home in Spain. Her really struggling to breathe at night, uh, lots of saturation drops and uh, just episodes of not breathing, like central apnea, obstructive apnea combined. Um, we got her to Berlin. They saw her uh, in, in the hospital like the next day and operated the next day on her Chiari. So they took the pictures, the MRIs, and they saw that she has a uh, compressed brainstem, Chiari malformation it's called. And that um, they thought it's a big issue to, big problem to most of her issues, the breathing, the, the aspiration, the not being able to eat and swallow. So they operated on her, did the Chiari, told us that that was something that should have been done in the first four weeks of her life, and everything probably would have went a little differently um, for her, but they didn't. So uh, we were in Germany, they took good care of her, fantastic um, surgeon team. They did the Chiari, they changed her old shunt system out. Nina started uh, to, as she was 
almost instantly able to to swallow better. Were able to um, take liquids, um, and after that we were pretty good. Yeah, good for a few months. Then they said that she needs more space in the back because the first expansion they did in Spain was not working. Um, and she needed more space, uh, so they did another posterior expansion. Then another frontal orbital for the forehead and the uh, orbital socket to make more space. But she continued having breathing issues. Uh, so after every expansion of the head, she may, you know, the brainstem got released a little bit. She did great for four, eight weeks. And as her, it almost was like as her brain continued to grow and she was limited again with the space, she started to tank. So it was always like up, up and down. And the breathing never really improved. Um, she continued having infections, uh, super noisy and loud breathing at night, not, yeah, just crazy, um, breathing, having, um, saturation drops where we're like, I don't know, it's the, being around 82 is that so good, is it not? She continued having long episodes of, um, not breathing, stopping. So by the end of, I think, 2018, she's starting to be really sickly throughout the day, um, not not even being alert anymore now, throughout the day. Now, was, was this um, she, was this at she was at home with you? There was yeah, we had her home, but we were in close contact with our surgeon team in Berlin. Um, but we were we were living in living and taking care of her all in Germany. So we lived right almost right next to the hospital because she was seeing them almost every other month. They had she had a surgery, either ENT or nurse surgery. It was always something with her, you know. And we were just the um, tracheotomy and this whole thing that a lot of children with those craniofacial conditions need help with breathing was mentioned, like almost from the beginning, as we saw the surgeons in uh, Berlin saying that maybe at one time, as she gets older, um, her bones. Uh, do not grow, but everything else is growing. You know, tissue, tongue, space is getting limited, and she may eventually need help to breathe if we don't do the mid-phase um, surgery, which she was too young. At, you know, she wasn't even a year and a half, two years old. So they don't like to do those mid-phase expansions at such a young age um, because the bone is too soft. They would like to wait. You have a risk of scar tissue. Um, the outcome is not as nice, and you may need to repeat the surgery two, three more times because even if you do it at age two, you can't overdo it, you know, so the child by the time it's 10, 12 may need another surgery, and those are very um, brutal invasive surgeries, so she wasn't really a candidate for that at that time, so tracheotomy and uh, trach was mentioned right from the beginning, and we, but we were so against it, we didn't really have anybody who um, made it found or anybody with a similar experience we could talk to. It was always just the horrific uh, visions we had about children uh, being laying in a hospital on a vent and being super, super sick and, you know, like the life and death situation with a trach. That, that was always the picture we had. So we didn't really have any other family we could talk to who said, no, it's really, it's not that big of a deal. It's an improvement. It's she can continue having her normal life and con- she can continue doing everything she did before. So we didn't really have that. So trade was out. <laughs> we were, especially my husband, we were always like, n- never 
well, we, we're going to do anything we can to prevent a trach. And that's what we did. So we did ENT, um, making more space uh, with removing tonsils multiple times because they grew back. So it was always just like a short improvement, but not long. Um, she continued having a lot of scar tissue in her nose. She has a deviated septum and just continued having a lot of issues there with her coanas and uh, scar tissue. So we just went back and forth between neurosurgery, doing the, the back of her head because we were still not sure if it's all central uh, related, the breeding, probably to a degree it was, or is it obstructive? So we went back and forth with neurosurgery and ENT, but her breeding didn't get better and she got so sick at the end of um, 2008 uh, that she completely collapsed with a um, global lung insolvency. And um, I had to bring her in in the hospital. She only was down to 20, 18% of saturation, couldn't wake up anymore, high CO2, that they had to intubate her. And she was in a, yeah, in a induced coma for almost two weeks and with really, really bad lungs. They had to um, yeah, do several treatments to help her lungs, to get her back. Um, and she was continue having those... Um, those, those lung cramps where they just like she was intubated and she continued having those, those cramps against the intubation machine that they had to uh, do a, a bag her with a, with a bag to bring her back. So that was really a, a tough time and the trade was mentioned so often, but we still were like, no, how about CPAP? <laughs> so after she got better and her lungs, um, started to uh, heal, we put her on a CPAP, which we were told uh, no child's going to accept it. Uh, she's way too young to be even tolerated. But she took to it, those little nasal CPAPs. She immediately, almost overnight, took to it because she was just able to breathe for the first time, um, be able to sleep. So she didn't even fight it, nothing. So she was on the CPAP for um, yeah, almost two years and on oral steroids almost right after her lung issues and that um, long hospital stay with her lungs, she uh, was put on um, oral steroids and we couldn't take her off it. As soon as we tried, she started to tank, having uh, breathing issues again and, and other problems. So she was on oral steroids and a CPAP for almost two years, year and a half. And, um, yeah, that was the time where we moved here to the U.S., um, she had a whole new team here, and they saw her. We didn't really realize what the steroids did to her because we saw her every day, but they were pretty shocked as they saw her. She had this uh, huge face, like what you get from taking steroids for so long. She was um, very obese. The I think it's called Cushing syndrome from the steroids that uh, they mentioned trach and uh, to to think about the trach again, but. Um, Still took us almost five, six months here and really seeing the, the, that the, the CPAP started to um, not work anymore and the steroids done really taken a toll. She uh, completely stopped growing in her height um, that we were like, okay, I guess we got to do it. I mean, we have no other choice. The CPAP was just not working anymore. She continued having 
um, breathing issues in the middle of the night, waking up, being bloated, full of air because she was swallowing all the air from the CPAP and nausea and vomiting in the middle of the night. That was just not not working anymore. And the steroid uh, wasn't good. We had surgeons saying they're not going to do anything anymore unless she has a secure airway because it's so tight that they couldn't even intubate her safely anymore. So uh, that was our decision to strike her. And yeah, she took to it instantly. Um, I mean, after that, it was a complete change. I mean, black and white. She was almost taken off the all steroids um, immediately. She started to lose all this weight from the steroids. She started to grow. She started to uh, to thrive. Uh, I mean, huge. It was a huge improvement. And no more CPAP at night. She was. Yeah, she didn't need any oxygen anymore. Just, just great. I mean, it was really for us. It was great. And I was just. I wish somebody would have told us. You know, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, we, we it would have had- not. He could have done that earlier. We had a very similar experience uh, in our case with our son. He, it was, uh, and, and I won't, you know, go into the whole story with him, but <laughs> it was similar. We we fought it and we fought it, and then we, whenever they when they did it, we said, you know what, we should have done this <laughs> when they first suggested it. Yeah, because of of just seeing him be at peace uh, with breathing and 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 it, and it yeah. you know, so no, I can. It's just, it just all, um, many times by the, the surgeons, they just forget the uh, human part of it. And they, sure, they say, yeah, we, we suggest it, but you don't get any insights. You don't get, like, um, they do not uh, commit to say it's definitely going to work. This is the end. You know, you just get, like, little pieces here and there, but you don't really get the the full story, how is it to live with it at home? How How is it with her secretion? I mean, it's just so many things you just don't know, you know, that, um, and you always have those images of those people on a vent and after being really sick or after car accidents or especially now with COVID, you know, the trach is always mentioned in a very, in a different way. Usually it's like a life-saving um uh, option, you know, and not like in our case, it was really, it was not life and death. She, she was, she was okay. Um, she was just really limited in her daily activities and it was just, we needed to get her off the steroids, but it was not like, if you don't do it, she's going to die tomorrow, you know, and that's always the image you have with a trach. Um, you don't get the, you never get the trach as an option for children who, or for adults, just as a life improvement, quality of life improvement. You don't really get right. that. Well, in, in our case, it was a, it was a, they kept saying, um, you know, we don't think he needs a trach, but we're going to do a scope. We're going to, we're going to do this small procedure. We're going to clear out tissue that may be building up. And, but a trach is, the, in our case, they said a trach is the worst case. We don't think that's going to happen. And every, every, every step it was like, well, it's the worst case, you know, it's, it's getting there. And so yeah. our, our son was in a similar situation. He, he wasn't life or death, like an immediacy issue. It was a quality of life yeah. situation. Yeah. Yeah. And as, um, yeah, for us now, we, I mean, it's now almost uh, two years that she has the trach and uh, every day, I mean, 
as she grows and uh, she's getting bigger, but her bones don't grow. We see how much, even now, um, being older, she needs it now even more than she did two years ago. I mean, she she needs the trick. Um, I mean, she has a hard time, you know, HMEs and speaking well. Um, she has a hard time tolerating a speaker well for a long time because she just she just needs the air to to uh, inhale, but exhale for her right. especially because it's just so tight um, above her vocal cords and the back of the tongue. It's just there's no space that she needs it. Now, is she able to make sounds? I mean, is she able to communicate? Yeah, okay. very well. Yeah, she was always, even as a baby, um, it was more a brainstem issue, but after they made space, she was very vocal, very loud. Um, the <laughs> CPAP, the two years, uh, I think, really strengthened her lungs for the good. Um, I mean, she has very powerful lungs, strong muscles, so she's very loud, Um we just had a big surgery, and after the surgery, probably now they usually do a um, black trach after, so she doesn't aspirate. And she had was laying there two hours after a eight nine hour head surgery, and with a, a black trach, and she was already uh, complaining and asking for some water. And we were like, "How is she speaking with a black trach?" <laughs> it was all black and filled, and um, but she was still able to communicate and and. and scream um no she's she's very powerful and i think that's the one good thing that uh, that he didn't do it as a baby because a lot of babies want to get in trace um, because the vocal box is just not developed at that age that they have problems later on to uh vocalize it's just underdeveloped you know and if you take that away that normal process of development and the, the airflow with a trach it's just it's difficult for them. Right. Well, and it's, it's similar in our case is our son has, is dealing with uh, speech therapy, but he, uh, yeah. he, uh, he's very vocal. And if you want something, you know, he, there's mm-hmm. no, no problem there. It's simply a matter of, of adjusting how your, his, in his case, it's a tongue matter of yeah. how he, how he is able to, to say the words, but uh, he, he has the will. He has the will to say what he wants when he wants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now we had speech therapy too. Um, I don't know, but for Mina, it's more due to her um, jaw anatomy abnormality and the uh, teeth missing teeth she has that she has a, a speech difficulty. But we just had her uh, evaluation again, her annual evaluation, and they are saying at this point she is almost one hundred percent understandable and. Um, that she at this point does not need the speech therapy anymore. I wouldn't benefit from it, and they want to hold on, um, hold off with the speech therapy. So that was um, very good news we got there, and um, no, she's, she's very good. Uh, as she's getting older and starting to read uh, and learning how to read, it's definitely helping to to see the words how they're written and making the sounds of the letters. It's really helping her. So we don't really have any therapy at this point. Um, that's a good place to be. Really, yeah. yeah. What? Um, so tell me, you have a um, you have a Facebook page that you've built. Yeah, yeah. We started almost a year ago as well, <laughs> as I was uh, having a little bit more time. Um, I'm Mina's main caretaker. You don't have any nerves or anything. Mm-hmm. But as she's getting older and more independent, I have a little bit more time here and there. So I thought I start a page for all those 
parents and people like uh, like we were so many times um, questioning and wondering, Jesus or anybody else who experienced something similar. So yeah, that's pretty much the reason why I started the page to help others to um, answer questions and uh, to just show Mina's journey and what an incredible child and little girl she is and with everything she experienced and just the the joy she continues to have uh, after everything she went through is just um, amazing. You don't see that too often. She's really a very inspirational child. And so, uh, that's the reason we started the page. Yeah. So what, tell me, tell me a little bit about her. What is she, what is she like? Is she, is she uh, what you'd call a typical, uh, I guess you said she's five now. Is that correct? She, yeah. Is she a typical five-year-old? Five. <laughs> yeah. She is a typical five-year-old. Um, she's, Extremely um, sociable, very, uh, very funny, talks to everybody, walks up to everybody, loves everybody. She's very, very bright, very intelligent, uh, very bubbly. No, she's, she's something. Um, yeah, so you can have a look at her page or some funny videos of her just to inspire and to show that you know, life is beautiful and there's nothing wrong with having differences and to look different or having a trait you still can continue being having fun and enjoy your life and do anything you want um so it's mina's journey with kuzan syndrome or hashtag uh, amazing mina world you'll probably find that yeah we'll put the we'll so, definitely put a link on the blog posting when we, yeah. when we do post this on here well i appreciate yeah, no. your, yeah i appreciate your time today uh, was yeah, there anything else welcome. you wanted anyone to know? I one of you know when we for those listening, uh, we send out questionnaires and and uh, you know you you said you had wished you had known sooner that you know this could have probably helped. I and I can relate to that. I think many parents can. Um, is uh, is there you had mentioned? Is, so there, is there there's a potential if everything continues to grow that that she'll be decannulated. That's where the trach's removed. Is is that still on track? Yeah, um, that's very likely you know you never know when and how and we're gonna um, have another sleep study here in April to see if, how her central apnea is looking because she's still having some episodes where she stops breathing in the middle of the night but she just had a big head extension so it could be a brain issue so we have to see and wait but no um, just obstructive wise when they make in a space and she gets uh, the mid-space extension we uh, Probably looking at a uh, decanalation and uh, removing the trach for good. You see, but no, my my advice just to everybody is to to inform yourself, to look, talk to other parents. Um, for us, it was just a huge improvement. It's not a life changer or anything bad. So far, we have not experienced anything bad with it. Uh, the care is very simple. If you have a complex child before or had a child with other issues, it's really no big deal. We're doing everything ourselves. Mina is starting even to do her own trait changes, and um, she's very open about it. She explains to everybody what it is. It's completely natural to her. It doesn't hurt her. She still goes in the water in a pool with it. She is very athletic. So for us, it was just um, a huge improvement, and... um, and that's all those things I have on my page as well, showing how to take care of the trick, how Mina handles it. Um, a couple little tips and tricks here we found for us, which makes it easier with the trick. Like um, I make beaded ties, which I don't sell, but 
everybody who wants to give it a try, I instruct and um, they're welcome to ask me about it. I, I help uh, others to make beaded ties because they're, for most children, just um, nicer to wear than those uh, head ties and fabric ones. Sure. No, I saw and, that. Um, I saw that. I, I was going to ask yeah. you later. Put a, I'll probably put a link to, to <laughs> something in the uh, in the in the yeah. post. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, no, I just I just want to inform, raise awareness, and and help others. I mean, and I did in the past, and there's so many people already who um, I, I was able to help or to to stand by or give a little advice in, in times of um, difficulty. So when there were prior to a uh, decision-making for the trach surgery. And that, um, that that feels great that we are able to, to do that and that Nina is able to um, inspire others and, uh, and and make other people smile and show that, you know, life life is still beautiful. It's not, it's not tragic just because she was born differently or that she has uh, some helping device. She's still a happy five-year-old um, doing what everybody else does. So... I like that. I like that. The summary you said: life, life is beautiful. I, uh, yeah, well, I pres- yeah. Go ahead. No, no. It's I just oh. want to say it is. I mean, life, life is beautiful. I mean, we don't, we are not, we don't feel bad about anything. Uh, we don't regret anything. We just, you know, everything happens for a reason. And um, Nina's here for a reason. We really we believe that and. You see in what direction she's going to go, but so far it's looking pretty good for her. That is awesome. Well, I appreciate your time today, and thank, uh, you, so much. thank you so much for coming on the show. I, I greatly appreciate it. I want to thank Mina's mom, Sina, for sharing her daughter's story, because through her courage, others may receive comfort and support. Mina is expected to have a mid-face and palate expansion procedure in the near future, with hopes of one day being decannulated. Cena maintains a Facebook page titled Mina's Journey with Cruzon Syndrome, and her mom crafts beaded ties and loves showing support to other trach parents. If you are now or have been the parent of a trach child, or perhaps you have or had a trach yourself, and you would like to be a guest on our show to help others, visit trachbaby.com and fill out the form. We hope today's episode has helped in some way Thank you for listening.